What's going on, everybody? This is Eric Velasquez with Alamo City Agenda, and I'm here with Ananda Thomas from Act for SA. Awesome. So let's get right into it. Uh, well, first, uh, we are here at Wild Barley uh, Kitchen and Brewery. So cheers. Oh, you don't have your My coffee's <laughs> over there. Cheers. I will gladly uh, grab it, though. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, good. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so we're here at uh, uh, Wild Barley Kitchen and Brewery um our sponsor location um so come on out here uh have a beer a mosa have a coffee but they have awesome bread and pastries well not pastries sorry bread sandwiches um so it's a good a good vibe and also they have some board games if you want to play board games here at night or whatever uh, and then they have pizza uh during i think it's after 11 o'clock or so or after two o'clock so come on down for it they are in the running i think for best pizza from san antonio magazine i believe so um check it out so okay so nanda oh we can do our cheers yes cheers, <laughs> cheers. um okay so act for essay tell us tell us what it initially like dumb it down for us Yes, yeah, so uh, ACT for SA is an acronym that stands for Accountability, Compassion, and Transparency for San Antonio. And we are Bear County's first grassroots advocacy organization to focus solely on shrinking the footprint of policing and mass incarceration here in the city with a special focus on police accountability. Mm, okay. And so what does that mean as far as like, are, are you going after a specific target? uh for these like specific uh policies work yes so uh this is a wide range actually <laughs> um, um one of the things for instance is uh body camera footage so reducing the timeline for the release of critical incident body camera footage which means officer involved shooting or death in custody uh we do advocacy for family members or victims of police violence helping their stories get out there, helping them connect with resources for mental health or lawyers, or helping them raise money, for instance, for, for burying their loved one in, in the sad case that that happens. Um, quick, quick question. Mm -hmm. um, so the body camera thing. Yeah. There's been a whole issue with releasing body camera footage. Yes. So how does it work? Like, what's, what's the difference between something happening to like a like a murder or like a not murder but um police involved um issue to where somebody might have been killed or something versus like and i hate to bring this up but like with councilman perry they released the body camera footage pretty quickly yeah so what what's the do you know what the difference is like what would make somebody what would make them release body camera footage earlier than others that's a good question. Honestly, um, it really is currently up to the discretion of the uh, police chief or, you know, the sheriff, depending what department you're talking about. Um, currently, there's really only roles around officer involved shootings or deaths in custody. Uh, San Antonio has a 60 day. I'm sorry. San Antonio Police Department has a 60 day policy to get that body camera footage out. Our Bear County Sheriffs have a 10-day policy, which is one of the wins that we push for Act for SA. But other than that, it really is the discretion of whoever your leader is. Wow. Okay. So do you think that do you think it would be beneficial for it to come out earlier? Like kind of like how it did like three days? Absolutely. Um, one of the things that we know in general is that there's broken trust with the community and officers and policing right now. And this pushes accountability and transparency. Um, but one of the things when footage is released later too, is that it falls out of the purview of the media and therefore the public attention or eye, which can be very harmful or damaging for whoever the victim or person might be that's trying to keep their story alive. Um, with George Floyd, that was so viral and was so in our faces that, uh, that officer was charged and convicted quickly. That case happened. Uh, the officer was uh, convicted within a year, yeah. right, of George Floyd's murder. And that's not normal. Even right now, um, AJ Hernandez's family, AJ was a 13 year old shot and killed by SAPD this summer. It's been six months, and we still don't know when that's going to grand jury indictment. 
where we can see other cases moving faster. Damien Daniels' family had to wait over a year before their case moved to grand jury, and that was honestly because a lot of pressure was being put on them publicly, even to get it to move that fast. And that's right. a long time to wait. Yeah. Well, I didn't know there was that recent one with the, the kid that was at the McDonald's. Um, mm-hmm. And he's out of the hospital, I believe, right? And then, but I can't remember what's, what's going on with the officer. Was he? Was he... Yes. <laughs> uh, so, um, this is, a, it actually highlights another issue here. So the officer, um, Officer Brennan, who was still in his probationary period, so not covered by like police union protection yet, was able to be fired immediately and ended up uh, being charged and arrested. He bailed out like the next day. I'm not sure who bailed him out, but it was a pretty high bail. Um, so that case is now has now moved to a grand jury that who indicted and it will be moving to court so they can see about charging him and the murder charge. Well, not murder. I'm sorry. It was an attempted murder charge as well as I think aggravated assault with a weapon. But it kind of highlights when you're not having an officer that's covered by a police officers association or a police union, but you have that viral aspect because it went viral. The district attorney is moving faster on it. The police chief moves moved faster on this, right? We're seeing justice come more swiftly than we are with these other cases that are still just as tragic and even more tragic because we have a 13-year-old who was shot and killed by an officer who had shot and killed somebody a year before that in SAPD. Yeah. Now, as far as with when some of these cases, there could have been an issue that the victim or the person that was was hurt by the police department. What about that accountability on, on their end as well? Like, mm-hmm. just, I mean, I'm just trying to say, like, just, the accountability on them to where, what if they were doing something wrong in a sense? Now, granted, that doesn't, that doesn't give authority for them to kill somebody either, right? Because right. they're not a judge either. So, um, what are your thoughts on those on those situations where because have you ever been like on a ride along or like actually been face to face with a potential threat like that like to where they show you this is the split second interactions with these I mean, I haven't been uh, on a ride along with an officer when, uh, <laughs> when Would they allow you I think the last ride along I did with an officer is when I was like in high school, but um, in, in separate situation or instance outside of with an officer, I have had a gun pulled on me before. So I do understand what that, what that feels like, yeah. right? The adrenaline yeah. and being scared. Yeah. Um, but I think in many of these cases, right, you look at Eric Cantu, that officer was there for a different call. Um, he recognized the vehicle and Eric's clearly right. unarmed eating a hamburger. Uh, AJ Hernandez, uh, is still a 13-year-old, um, a preteen, and was joyriding in a car. But the interaction happened so quickly of this officer hopping out of his car and shooting AJ within under a minute. How can and he, the lighting is clear that this is a, a little boy, right? That there's some accountability and judgment calls there for our officers who are trained yeah. more so than you and I are to maybe tr- to try less lethal force first, right? Yeah. Instead of firing first, asking questions later with someone who's clearly a kid that you can see through the window yeah. and is already boxed in in a car, yeah. that's, that's unjust. Um, George Floyd, a counterfeit $20 bill is no reason that anybody should lose their life. So I do think yeah, there's cases, sure. if yeah. you're being shot out, you have to defend yourself, but most of these cases are not armed mm-hmm. individuals. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and you know that that comes down to a lot of um uh like me personally mm-hmm. I, I was in iraq and you have to make some decisions right but when you're here it's it's different right um and i've seen a lot of those videos to where you're having interactions with like the police are going to these situations not knowing what's going to happen um so they're already on edge but how do we get those those police department police to get the training to be able to say look 
I need to not be on edge all the time, right? Yeah. Um, how do you, how do we, because I, I think that is, the, that is a big problem right now is maybe there's something that we can do to get those cops not on edge to where they're like, okay, I need to calm down. Because we've seen a lot of those, those cops that are being arrested for uh, domestic violence. Yes. Right? Fine. And so they're, they're really you know, aggravated or whatever. And the same thing with like some of the military people, they're, they're just on edge. So do you think maybe there's something that we can do to maybe fix that situation in a sense, like maybe more therapy or I don't know. <laughs> there's a lot actually. <laughs> um, so uh, on one side, there is training. Mm-hmm. Training will only go so far, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I think there's been a lot of studies and ethnographic studies that have been done showing that They are training officers to basically view every situation almost as a threat and to be on edge to begin with, which means they could be more trigger happy. So I think that needs to change. That perception of everybody's a threat that could kill you um, needs to change in the training. Um, I do think cops need more mental health care, as do all of us complete. I mean, to be completely frank. Yeah, for sure. Um, Right after a critical incident, which is an officer involved shooting or injury happens there should be mandatory therapy or a check-in after anything like that, even if it's not with a weapon, any type of aggravated assault or anything yeah. um, should happen. But also we need to lessen the interactions that we're having with officers. Police have to arrest and cover so many things and we keep giving them more things to arrest and to jail us for and inter- interact with us with or for. The more interactions you have, the higher likelihood and probability that something's going to go wrong. Right. And that's one of the things that we focus on with the Act for SA is we are over-policed in certain communities more so than others. And every time you're increasing interactions with the police, because there's a lot of training, a lot of legislation, a lot of things that need <laughs> yeah, to change, yeah. you're increasing the chances of a deadly or dangerous interaction with both for the officers and ourselves. Right. Yeah. It goes both ways. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, I, and I don't know if you've seen a lot of those um, First Amendment audit people that they're like oh you know i'm gonna walk down not not with a weapon but just walking down taking pictures of things and then the cops like stop them over like stop them and they're like hey what are you doing give me your like your id and you're like i don't have to right but same thing happens with a lot of minorities like they could just be walking down and they get stopped and and they're like show me your id but you don't have to And, and a lot of these cops are automatically you need to show me id i'm the authority but it's that's really aggressive right yes. <laughs> like you should be going in what's going on you know talk to him like not automatically let me see your id and breaking the law in a sense because you're you're violating your first amendment right exactly. so like smell that yes <laughs> i was like it's the building on fire i know i'm like oh it smells of smoke um nothing <laughs> um Sorry, guys. Uh, Something is burning. Something's burning. Um, I'm, I'm like, should I? Well, everybody's laughing, but I'm like, watching be over here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it'll be all right. <laughs> um, anyway, um, what was I saying? Oh, so you know, having that that. If if police are willing to cuff people and be aggressive to people for doing something that's you know federally protected, like that's an issue. It is. It is know? an issue. And and I think that they should be trained on that, but not because of the color of their skin, but just as a general right. Like you know, and and I've noticed this, especially especially. Uh, hearing a lot of police officers they have um specific things that they look for right yes Do, okay well we're looking for a black male hispanic male you know or they just generalize people right and that and, that, and that's i get it be, as in like you have to figure out who you're looking for but not everybody is, is fitting that description not everybody is is a threat but um, I think that's a real big problem where there, people aren't seeing eye to eye on these things, right? So what have been some tough issues that you've heard from the opposition of something like, like with your, with ACRA, I say? 
Um, the justice charter. I'm oh yeah. So um, I guess I should clarify something right oh. now as well with that. Um, Act for SA is a separate organization, oh, but we are part of a coalition that is doing the San Antonio Justice Charter, okay. which is honestly probably the most transformative charter amendment initiative that uh, San Antonio has ever seen. Um, so maybe I should explain a little bit about yeah, that. Sorry, my, no, no, my, no. <laughs> we do a lot. Like we're yeah, doing yeah. warrant clinics, we're doing <laughs> body camera footage, we're doing all kinds of stuff. Um, it was it was vibrating. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, but we're also doing the justice charter. Okay. Um, so the San Antonio Justice Charter is a charter amendment initiative. Uh, we're collecting petitions to put it on the ballot that is broad criminal justice reform. And the goals of it are to, uh, good morning, Rosanna. <laughs> Hello, how are you? Feel free to ask a question. Um, feel free, at, just pop it in the uh, comments there. And uh, Ananda will read it because I can't read it. It's too far. <laughs> um, yes, yes, no problem. So uh, the Justice Charter Initiative, the goals really are to uh, fight mass incarceration, reduce unnecessary arrest. Um, push police accountability and stop any type of racist or discriminatory policing practices and save scarce public safety resources because our public safety dollars, our tax dollars are limited. That's a lot. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so um, it does several things. The first is decriminalization. And I mean a lot as in we're putting in a lot of tax money yes. for, for these uh, departments. Yes, no, we we are. Public safety is the largest part of our budget, uh, actually. And we had to set a goal to keep it under a certain limit because it is such a big part of our city budget. Um, so absolutely. So, okay, the San Antonio Justice Charter does a few things. Uh, one would be decriminalization of uh, weed. I don't like to say marijuana. I'm learning that apparently that is a racist term. <laughs> what? Yes, really? uh, like a name because they were... Essentially giving the inflection, right, uh, that this is from Mexico and this is a dirty, like, Mexican plan and we're going to call it marijuana. But it's actually cannabis, right? We um, all know it is yeah, weed. Yeah. I'm still learning yeah. about that. Somebody called me out while I was petitioning. I was like, oh, I did not know. <laughs> but I, we all I'm learning every yeah. day, folks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know what? That's good that we learn. I mean, we're, if we're constantly learning things, that makes us better people. Yes. And, and, and you yes. could have one position now and later on you're like, wow, I didn't realize that. And I'm pretty sure that's what you're doing as well, like trying to push. Like, look, this is what we're trying to do. Let's get away from the stigma of cannabis, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and and go forward with it. So, yeah, absolutely. No, no, no. I really appreciate it. Right. This is all about education today. Yes, yes for sure. <laughs> um, so, yes, decriminalization of cannabis up to four ounces. We've seen that passed in several cities. Uh, decriminalization of abortion, meaning that SAPD shall not uh, arrest or surveil abortion providers or seekers. Uh, banning of no-knock warrants by police, banning of chokeholds by police, and then um, codifying or making into law our site and release program. And then uh, the final piece is really an oversight piece of adding the position of a justice director, not only to see implementation of this, um, but to make impact reports moving forward on any criminal justice legislation on on meeting these goals of reducing mass incarceration and unnecessary arrest, saving scarce public safety resources, and pushing police accountability. How would the um, that position work as far as who would hold that position, who would determine who's in that position, and how would it... Um, how would there be a lesser chance to not have that position compromised? Yes. So um, they would report directly to city council and be appointed by city council. The idea is that we can't, we elect our city council. And so it really is right. Kind of like a vote of the people. We did um, say that this person should not have been previously involved with law enforcement. Um, because we do believe that there is some bias there. So like the police chief, right, shouldn't be the justice director. Um, but really kind of left a lot of it open to discretion. We laid out mostly their, this person's job duties. 
um, salary set by city council. We said that they should have access to the Office of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, but did not say that they should be under this or be a brand new department. We wanted to leave some of that open to discretion um, for city council and for the people as well to decide what exactly this like position should look like. Right. Um, and this would be this would be you said uh, an elected position, and would it be something underneath like the city council race, like kind of in that type of area, or would well, it be? They're not exactly elected; they would be appointed. But the idea oh. is that the folks that we elect have appointed them, so it's almost like a will of the uh, the people. Um, we didn't. I feel like it would get much more complicated if we tried to add a position to get that would be like an election. Yeah. Um, but, you know, same thing as like our city managers appointed by the idea is they're appointed by city council, approved by city council. And because we elected those people to be in those city council seats, it is the will of the people. Does that get in a little gray area? <laughs> Absolutely. But the idea yeah. is still there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's something, it's, it's something different. It's thinking outside the box. Have you seen this implemented anywhere else, or is this something that you guys haven't seen before that year? Um, so, I, you know, there's a lot of, uh, I guess I should clarify, specifically the justice director? Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I haven't seen this anywhere else in Texas necessarily. I do think we have a lot of similar positions. Um, Probably in other cities or even maybe with other departments here, for instance, we the DA uh, created a civil rights division to be able to do independent investigations of any like officer involved shooting cases and give a recommendation to grand jury on their own and their connection for the family. So okay. that's like an oversight system that's been created yeah. in itself. And this is kind of similar. Okay. Um, we have... Uh, the car the civilian action advisory review board um that's civilians that was created to be able to give a recommendation to the police chief on um discipline right. for misconduct and so so it's kind of like a like a board position to yeah. where you would apply on the city website and yeah it would still way. be a city job but it's the idea is that this is another oversight system that can exist um because oversight is a good thing, and I think we need a lot of accountability, transparency, oversight through all levels of government. Okay. Um, and so what do you say to the people, like like we talked about earlier, is, mm -hmm. is you're just adding more government into the situation? Um, I understand concerns with that, but um, I think really, frankly, especially with everything on this charter initiative is something that never made it to a city council floor votes or community has been organizing around for a while or when it did make it to the floor was watered down. And so really this is a, if you won't do it, we're going to do this and we want to make sure that there is a person for the people and a conduit and a connection to make sure that the goals that we have as a community for the justice charter are followed. Um, and that oversight system exists, but that accountability system, because right now it's not happening. And this is one of the best solutions we could think of that is also chewable for everyone. <laughs> um, and a big piece I forgot, the justice director also is responsible for doing quarterly stakeholder meetings with community members, criminal justice organizations, uh, immigration organizations, right? Your state community stakeholders, your police and right. your city officials, like the city manager on things like site and release, or maybe we're gonna meet specifically with uh, disability rights groups and police and figure out better policies that we can recommend to city council or the police chief on how to minimize more like deadly or escalated interactions, because that does happen. A lot, right. of, a lot of folks have issues with being able to communicate for a number of reasons, yeah. and those can get escalated with police. So they can hold a specialized stakeholder meeting and mm -hmm. be that conduit that isn't quite there right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, cause you're not making a progress of it, right? Like right. as far as there's nothing happening. So, um, now how do you plan on furthering this charter with all those entities involved? Because we see it a lot with, um, 
legislation in Texas, right? Where they lump everything together and you, you know, they vote on it and there's going to be some things that people don't like. Right. So are you worried about that? Um, so we actually did a poll beforehand. Um, so we polled San Antonio voters in overall, like the whole thing together had a 68% favorability. And that's across the board with any spectrum of voter. Um, it did clearly like it pulled a little higher with um, younger voters, voters of color, essentially um, folks that uh, make under $100,000 um, that are like people of color, right? And that's like most of San Antonio. Um, so we did see higher favorability there, but in general, across the board, there was a lot of favorability. Now, when we did separate out pieces, like like the cannabis piece was like 90% favorability <laughs> by itself. Everybody's ready for it. Um, honestly, the decriminalization of abortion piece was the second most popular. And what we asked some deeper questions there. And the fact is that Texas has the strictest uh, trigger ban in effect. We don't have carve outs. And no matter where you are on the political spectrum or so, uh, demographic spectrum, most people think there needs to be a carve out for rape or incest or ectopic pregnancies that doesn't exist. And therefore, they really don't think police should get involved because it gets complicated. Right. Yeah. Well, and I know um, uh, we talked to Valerie last time and, you know, she was talking about just something simple that, you know, she couldn't get something. And it's just like a lot of those things that are women are facing that they can't get simple treatments or simple, you know, uh, prescriptions or something like that's that's crazy, you right. know, like, um, and then it, it could affect your health, right? As, as a woman. So I just, uh, <laughs> you know, it's already bad enough that, you know, women don't have tax free or, or free, um, men menstrual, uh, equipment, Amen. you know, I don't know how to say Amen. menstrual equipment, right? You know, like, it's just, it's crazy. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, so just adding on top of that, it's just, it's just crazy to think that, um, it's getting worse and worse. Mm -hmm. Um, again, I, I know you guys have known my position with, with the abortion issue. I am pro-life. Um, and I'm going to say that I am pro-life, but we shouldn't be telling people what to do in a sense of how to live their life in a sense. Um, we as people that are pro-life should be helping those people that want to be helped um to kind of bridge that gap um so let's try to help each other out um, and not further harm others especially women i mean it's just no reason for it right yes so, um but so as far as with the all these elements in in the yes. charter oh yes <laughs> <laughs> all these elements in the charter um you guys y'all y'all ran the help, help me remember what, what was the police the yeah last so um that was a proposition b ballot initiative Probably, that was yeah. I was definitely involved with it. That's what sprung <laughs> out Act for SA, but that was a different order called Fix SAPD. And so oh, okay. some of us said we need to continue on police reform and continue, like, created an organization to work on that. Okay. So I just want to clarify okay. um, for them and us, <laughs> we were definitely involved in that, but it was really Fix SAPD that led that. Okay. And that was really close. That was a close, yes. close one. So um, is that what you felt motivated to keep? keep going to say, okay, there's obviously something there. <laughs> um, I honestly, guys, these initiatives are very hard. It's a lot of work. Um, uh, that's, so I, that's what I wanted to ask you. Cause I'm like, <laughs> this is not easy. Like, you know, so I, I want to pick your brain on, on like how this all worked, but yeah, go, go ahead. Um, I didn't think we'd be doing this this soon again, <laughs> to be completely honest. We knew that at some point we probably would want to do something like, still uh there's still some local government codes and such that can only yeah. be removed through ballot initiative but um it is it is a bit of a knee-jerk reaction to recent events i mean like clearly on the abortion piece it was the overturning of roe v wade but also the fact that 
city council passed a grace act resolution saying that they you know support and protect a woman's right to choose and that they would they're not going to prioritize funding uh, towards surveillance or arrest of abortion providers or seekers, but it's a resolution. It wasn't a law. Mm. They left the policing piece out of it. Um, and I think the overturning Roe v. Wade, for those of us that do believe that at least women shouldn't be pol like policed for their reproductive health decisions, if not being pro-choice, really showed that just because something's in place is like at the courts. If it's not legislated or law, it can still overturn. Um, that's why Congress recently just like uh, codified same-sex marriage. It had been allowed uh, through a Supreme Court decision, 2011, yeah. I think, maybe 12, but it wasn't codified into law. So they were like, oh, we recognize this now. Do, do you worry that it's just all show, though, on that, on that issue? Like it's just like a, they're just doing it to, it's not really effectively changing anything well now that it's passed as like a bill that's going to be protected by law it could definitely be challenged at the supreme court level because that's how it all works but i think honestly i think just like with this initiative when you have so many voters and constituents that are for this issue as a legislator that signals to you that you need to follow that or you're not going to make it back into your seat next year and so with like decriminalization of cannabis six cities have passed that through ballot initiative we would be the seventh that's letting texas legislators know like this is sweeping across different cities all across texas we need to address this in the state legislature um same with site and release or banning no-knock warrants and chokeholds by police if this is passing in multiple cities that means this is wildly popular and we need to address this at a higher level and i yeah. think that's what happened with like same-sex marriage federally right um how do you how do you speak with the people that are immediately dismissive about trying to uh, limit police right um, how How do you help overturn that? Um, it's a lot of conversations and education with folks, honestly, um, which is one of the reasons after I say to like really got on his feet it was like we recognize that when we have conversations with folks and we break down complex issues because they are from yeah. police contracts to legislation yeah. to all of this yeah. um it allows them to be able to make their own decision and um come up with solutions together but it's it's longer conversations at the doors or if we're i don't know at wonderland of the americas petitioning having that conversation and answering their questions as best we can yeah. um, because we want to give that access and we want to empower our community. And I think that that gets blocked for many of us from many folks and different levels of right. our society. It's <laughs> a nice way to put it guys. Uh, yeah. A little bit. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I can only imagine like those conversations where they're immediately like dismissive and, you know, you turning around to say, to 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 be able to get that conversation going, that that must be difficult, right? Like I've had those conversations too. It's just <laughs> like, how do you go? Like, how are you able to to change it? Because I'm pretty sure people are already associating you with like the previous, you know, yes. issue. Like, and they they think because for some reason, people in politics they're all like, oh. Well, if you're this, you're going to be like completely, they, they push you to immediately to a far corner of, oh, you extremism. Right. So how do you, how do you navigate that? Um, I guess it depends on the instance for some folks, honestly, they're, they're just never going to be open or even let us speak with them. That's pretty clear <laughs> at the beginning of the interaction. Um, but I think it's also explaining the larger picture of, for instance, like with the justice charter, this also applies to your tax dollars and the money that we put into our community and where it's going. Um, you know, humanizing it, this affects, would have made a difference in the case of Marquise Jones or Charles Roundtree. These are the family members that have been affected. These are the things that could change. I think having to have, you have to have the data to yeah. have to have that heartfelt. You have to move hearts and minds together. 
Um, and breaking down scary terms, defund the police is a scary term, but, uh, you know, that was used against us in Prop B and trying to explain exactly what we were doing. And it wasn't yeah. necessarily defund, but even so, this is what defund for us mean, which is just a re- reallocation and movement of money. Yeah. Um, but also, like, because we're getting hit with, like, this is, this is, uh, I think somebody already said this is defund. No part of this justice charter touches anybody's contract, anybody's money, anything on the budget. In fact, we're just trying to save money that then can be used for whatever you guys want to use it for. Um, site and release. That program has saved the county $4.2 million, I think it is now, um, in three years in booking costs alone. That's money that then can be used for something else. If officers are not having to book somebody, which takes a long time for a joint in their pocket or a reproductive health decision or driving without a license, they now don't have to work overtime, which saves tax dollars so we can reinvest in streets, sidewalks, mental health programs, whatever we need, um, you know, as well. So there's just a lot. Some For some folks, money talks. For some people, it's... <laughs> It's George Floyd and saving lives for others. It's all of the above. And we just bring all those forth. They know the full picture. Gotcha. Um, how, how do you feel about the, uh, the, I think they were doing it at Windcrest where um, they weren't stopping people. Well, they were stopping people, but not, they weren't having interactions with the people. Like the police weren't having interactions with the people. They would just run it, right? Run their plate and everything. And then they would yeah. send a ticket or whatever it is virtually and there would be no interaction how, how do you think that helps or not helps with the situation um because they could yeah. be smoking marijuana in a card and <laughs> yeah i mean i think that it's i think it's a good start because it's like also right now you're giving like tickets and citations which get doesn't put this person in jail doesn't get them stuck in a system because like Folks go to jail for, I don't know, parking tickets or small things and can't pay the $100 bail and they're stuck in jail until they have their court date. Um, And now they've lost their job or this affects their housing and all this. So I think that that's moving towards the right direction of like giving citations for small things, not interacting um, with officers. But like, I'm still trying to figure this out because there's a little (laughs) bit of like that whole surveillance state and being over surveillance there. That I don't fully know how to answer that, yeah. but it's somewhere in between of like, we're still surveilling people and putting them into a system, <laughs> but at the same time, we're lessening police interactions and people going to jail for yeah. small, non It's like, things. It's like <laughs> My yeah, it's, that's a difficult issue. Cause I mean, yeah, like, you know, that could turn into something else and you know, like, Oh, I smell weed in the car or, you know, it, it's just, so many different variables but i don't know yeah i, I agree with you it's <laughs> it's a good thing it's a yeah i don't want to just be pulled over for no reason like you know mm-hmm. like at least yeah granted you still have to go to court and just like i, I right. didn't do this you know or whatever but a lot of times people don't even have that chance to go fight those things and or, yeah. or pay them and then they're like then then they get back in the system like, right. or, or they get into the system because they have yeah, a warrant out. some way or another. Well, and there should be, I definitely need to look into it more, but like you shouldn't just be running anybody's place. You need to have some reason like, oh, this, I saw this guy swerving. Well, I guess you would stop him. Then, you, <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah. it shouldn't just be like, we're running everybody's place that's driving past us. Like, right. that's, no, I, I don't think that was the, I think right. they, they get pulled over and I, I forget how, how it's stated like yeah. they would be, but. I just it's it's weird you know yeah um <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh okay so how you've you've obviously been part of trying to enact policies like big ballot yes. initiatives how do how how can we how can people do things like that um or can you give us kind of like a general like idea of how oh, it yeah. works um, cause I'm sure there's plenty of people that they have something that might, they might take, you know, like they, they want some, they want to see something happen too. Right. Absolutely. Um, cause I'm sure you don't want to add more stuff to your plate either, <laughs> but me. yeah, right. Well, you can join you too. Uh, you know, but like how, how can, how can you start that process? Cause it's, I, I know it's not easy. 
Yes. Um, okay, so let's see. The first step is really to look at your city charter, your city code. It'll lay things out like what the petition form needs on it. Um, when you can put up a charter amendment, how many signatures you need, things like that. So that's like really the first place to start because every city charter, city code shouldn't have information about being able to do your own initiated ballot amendment or a charter amendment. And then you'll also have to look at your state election code as well and pull from there everything you need on how to do this. Um, and then you need to do research into the policy, right? Whatever it is that you're looking to push, often that policy language probably exists somewhere else, even in another state or yeah. another city. Yeah. For instance, decriminalization of marijuana, we were able to pull that from other I said marijuana. Decriminalization oh. of cannabis. I'm working where's, on it, guys. Where's that button at? <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, but like we pulled that from other uh, language. Uh, banning of chokeholds. The state of Washington banned them all together in any instance, so we pulled that from there. I spoke with Campaign Zero and Drug Policy Alliance, and together we wrote the banning on no-knock warrants, right? So you can also reach out to organizations and other policy language that's there to create it. Um, build a coalition. Build a coalition. You need to fundraise from folks. You need to find folks to help support you, um, to be on the ground and knock the doors, get the petition signatures, whatever it is, and then launch what, what you're doing. Um, I think, you know, right, there's... A good way to get petition signatures. There's lots of events happening. For instance, Christmas events. We're at a lot of them. We want to meet people. I saw your schedule. Yeah. I was like, oh, you guys have a lot, right? Of yeah. Places where are, are you doing? You're do, collecting signatures right now. Right? Yes, okay. we are collecting signatures. Come sign the petition if you support this. Even if you just want to see it on the ballot, honestly. Right. Yeah. If you're still not sure, but you think San Antonio should vote, a signature is not a vote today. It's just a signature to get us on the ballot. Right. Yeah. And. You know, we've seen plenty like this recent election where there was a lot of talk about the elections, but nobody comes out, right? Uh, I mean, they do come out, but not. They, it was less in 2018. Um, it, yeah, that was crazy, right? That it was the less lesser less amount of people than it was in 2018 that came out and voted. So, you know. I, uh, I I don't understand, like if if people are are making a lot of noise, yeah. why why aren't you showing up, you know, to to the ballot? Now I I get that there are there are a lot of issues where it's not accessible, things like that to to go vote. Yes. Um, but uh, I mean, let's be honest. There's a lot of times where people just they just like, oh, it'll it'll happen or. Right. You know, some you know, and it, it happens a lot. <laughs> That's the mentality. I think we're I think many push on us that our vote doesn't matter. Um, I know, especially when you're looking at like national numbers and even statewide numbers, your vote seems like a very small amount. But um there's an election right now, I think it's in Massachusetts. Essentially, uh I think it's a statewide race for state house. They're going to recount, but it's literally decided by one vote. We've had city council members decided by one vote, two votes. And especially when you come to your local elections, just a household of votes, five votes can matter. So it does. But I also think that things like the San Antonio Justice Charter are going to get folks excited to vote because it's not just voting for a candidate. It's voting for issues. And we did see that with Proposition B. Um, we had record-breaking turnout. It was over 150,000 voters, which has never happened in a municipal election, but we were the last thing on the ballot. Mayor's <laughs> first thing. We yeah. had more votes than the mayor, meaning people were skipping through that mm. simply to vote on the on the uh, ballot initiative. And I think we're going to see the same with any kind of initiated ordinance, you know, ballot, ballot initiatives, charter amendment initiatives, because it's literally the people taking things to a vote that right. they're not able to get through their yeah. elected officials right yeah. now. You know, I think we need to collaborate. Some. Oh, first of all, <laughs> let me ask you this because it might not even it'd be pointless. But how do you feel about um, changing the way our our um, voting process works? Like, do you think we should have approval voting or ranked choice voting? Ooh, 
Okay. Yes, I have a couple of things with Odie. And I just want to say right now, I am speaking personally as me, Ananda Thomas, not as no. actor SA, because we don't focus on this stuff as yeah. an org, but I have I have thoughts, y'all. Um, okay, so <laughs> one, I did live in Oregon for a small amount of time, and they do uh, mail-in ballots. And so in 2014, when we saw terrible voter turnout rate they still had like almost 80 percent voter turnout because everybody gets their ballot everybody gets the uh, nonpartisan voter guide and you can either mail it back or like all the post offices were secure drop-in boxes and so i think that's one way to add accessibility and make it easier um, we should definitely allow voting in our jails many many folks um, don't have felonies on their record and they're just waiting for their court date because they can't afford their bail or whatever, but they're allowed to vote. So we need to be able to have voting in our jails. Um, I do think ranked choice voting is very interesting, which is um, you get a vote for this is my number one pick, but also my number two pick, right? Mm -hmm. And they tally the votes that way so that you're really go you don't have runoff elections, mm -hmm. right? It's like, oh, well, this was who got either all the number of votes or if these candidates were close, actually this guy was also somebody's second choice or whatever, right. and that bumps them up. So I do yeah. think ranked choice voting um, is the next way to do it as well. Um, I, I will say that right now, currently ranked choice is not the best way. Really? Because Austin passed it last year. Yes. And they can't use it. Yes. We have it's, to change something. Yeah. The, state the, legislature. the legislature, you can't even use it. Um, it's just all this work, you know, they did it and they, they made, obviously there's somebody that wants change, right? Yes. Um, but it, they can't even use it, <laughs> you know? Um, so, you know, if, if we were to push anything, it would be change the legislature or go to like approval voting. Approval voting would actually work. It would yeah. be allowed. Um, approval voting, you vote for whatever. There's no ranking of it. You vote for whoever you want. You could vote for all of them. You could vote for three, two, or just one, or none. Um, and you could do it that way, and there's no ranking. And, they, and there wouldn't be a runoff either, because they would, they would be, you know, and there would be no spoiler effect, which... Yeah, that's true. A lot of people talk about the spoiler effect, you know, so... Uh, <laughs> spoiler effect, Yeah, yes. so, so definitely, um, so you would be open to something like that? Absol yeah. Absolutely. Um, and... Actually, this kind of ties into what we were saying earlier. If you, because if we are passing things like approval voting and ranked choice voting, um, let's just stick with approval voting right now. If more cities are passing that through ballot initiatives, that lets your state legislators know, like, hey, this is wildly popular and we need to look at this. So then it's easier to make the case to push at state legislature right. with your champion. Yeah. Um, so, like, as soon as state legislation changes, the ranked choice voting that Austin brought in will be able to go into effect. And sometimes that's what we do with ballot initiatives or charter amendments is this is ready to go as soon as we can get something <laughs> in the state legislature. And hopefully this starts the narrative and inspires others in other cities to do the same to yeah. help. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think we should, we should look into that yes. once you're done with all that. Cause I, I'm like, I don't even know where to start. So that's why I was asking you about yeah. all those. Cause I'm like, I think, I think San Antonio is ready for something mm -hmm. like that, some change. Because um, all these these runoffs are costly too; they're so costly, it's yes. ridiculous, and I, it's in the millions, people. So just you know, <laughs> uh, we should not be spending that much money on elections. Uh, Absolutely, you know, to where you need a runoff, and there's no point because we have the lowest amount of people voting on runoffs. Yes it's just it's not cool like you're only having a small handful of people out of the entire population and we're wasting that's not good cost effectiveness right there. right we need to save our resources <laughs> also um our election cycle like schedule is exhausting and way different than other city well not cities other states so we essentially have an election like every six months at the very least um so like we just had our midterms mm -hmm. 
right now. Then we have city council elections in May. And then next November will be constitutional amendments, whatever that or whatever else is on the ballot. Then that following March is primaries. (laughs) Then you, you know, like people, it's hard for, it's it's exhausting for me to keep up to even know. And then you have your runoffs and special elections in between. Yeah. Something with their schedule needs to change too. Yeah. I mean, the only thing good is, it gets me to be able to do a podcast every time. Great for business. So, but I would much rather have it too, where we're not having to do this every time. But um, yeah, because again, anything that people that we are doing as as a as a public should not be doing something that is benefiting only us. Yeah. Right. So that's why we have a lot of special interest groups that are specifically oh we don't want this but it's because it's going to affect like it's going to help you get more money right right so but a lot of people are greedy what can we say um <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have anything else you want to say about the the charter that, that yes. we have okay cool. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's cool i yeah. can talk all day about this <laughs> uh, but just to kind of keep it short and succinct um we are collecting petition signatures through january um, when we get enough signatures, the goal is to be on the May 2023 ballot, which is your municipal elections. Um, I encourage anybody to reach out to Act 4SA. It's at Act number 4SATX on any social media handle. Um, if you want to collect petitions, um, turn in signatures, you can go to sajusticecharter.com. You can find the policy language. You can print the petition at home. You can get signatures, and it will tell you where you can mail them in or um, who to contact for a drop-off. But this is literally a labor of love and community. Uh, We are happy to answer anybody's questions. The first step is getting on the ballot. The next step is voting. Um, But we are also holding an event. So we will be at Bruno's Dive Bar, which is on South Alamo Street, across from the Friendly Spot, uh, next Sunday, December 18th, from 4 to 7 p.m., if you want to come sign the petition, if you want to drop off signed petitions that you already have, um, we will have drink tickets. So everybody's first drink is free. We will have, uh, well, it's not free. We will pay for your first drink. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, or you can sign the petition. Uh, Districts two city councilman, Jalen McKee Rodriguez is going to be there. Alejandra Lopez, who's the president of the San Antonio Alliance, which is your teacher's union. Um, we'll be there. We have three bands and a DJ and we'll be giving out some swag. Um, if you just have questions, but Bruno's dive bar Sunday, December 18th from four to 7 PM. It's a huge holiday petition drive. And I encourage everybody to show up, even if you're just a little bit curious about what's going on. Yeah. Uh, you have other events coming up too, or so this is, Whatever event you have, just go ahead. So um, that's going to be like the event that we're hosting. You can find us at most events on weekends. We're at the Travis Park Ice Rink. Um, Mm. We just had Grinchmas Fest this last uh, Sunday. Um, We'll be everywhere we possibly can on New Year's Eve, right? Woodlawn Park, Phil Hardberger Park, Zoo Lights. Um, Just look for us. We just got these nice shirts. We'll be wearing them. Um, but uh, come talk to us. We're out at events. Visit sajusticecharter.com. You can find out where you can volunteer for events, where we're going to be at. Um, encourage everybody to show up to Bruno's because that's going to be a little more fun to get to <laughs> hang out. You can meet some other folks. Um, we'll be registering voters there. We're finding some vendors that might be able to, some local vendors to help them be able to sell some stuff before Christmas. Oh, yeah, like it's yeah. a real big community event and there's a little bit of everything happening there yeah awesome uh what's your what's your big takeaway from all of this stuff that you're doing like what when you when you right before you go to bed you're like okay this is this is what it's all worth for it yeah um really it's about i think empowerment the best moments and days for me is when i can see somebody who felt disempowered or like they couldn't make a change uh, like do an event with us or learn something and be like, oh, this was, I don't want to say easier than I thought, but I now have a pathway to this and it yeah. was cool to make an impact and I want to do the next thing. Right. Because that's how I started. It was just a volunteer on something and was like, oh, and taking the next step up. Yeah. And I think we have to build up our community and empower them to all be organizers or activists or leaders or even doing what you're doing, right? Like 
validators and folks getting things out um, to make the changes that we need to see. And so that really drives me. But um, what got me into this and also <laughs> literally my goal, like on my deathbed. <laughs> so there's a, there's a quote from Anne Frank that says, how wonderful is it that no one need wait a single moment before starting to improve the world. Mm. And from a little girl stuck in an attic, hiding from the Nazi regime to still have so much faith in humanity and see the potential in each of us and our moral duty to improve the world. Mm. When I'm on my deathbed, I want to say I improve the world for somebody, if not multiple people. And that's gets me out of bed every morning. Yeah. It's powerful. That is powerful. Thank that's you. good. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, there, there's, there's good people out there. You Absolutely. Know, there's, there's good. There's, there's a lot of issues. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, but it shouldn't take a a national tragedy to rally us all up together, right? Yes. Um, we also shouldn't be divisive either, because there's so much divide in our country, and and it's not going to get any better if we keep doing it. No. So, you know, whether you agree or not with Ananda, you know try to talk right have these conversations and just talk like hey i don't agree with this but i appreciate with what you're doing right or i don't i don't i don't agree with you and you you, you're probably gonna say why 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 not you know and and because there's a lot of misinformation there's a lot of information that we don't understand sometimes i mean we do it daily right Right. (laughs) there's a lot of times we're like i don't understand what you mean (laughs) you know it could be something simple but until you start talking, having the conversation to where you're not just automatically discounting the person, that's where we grow exactly. as people. So thank you for, for doing this uh, and for just keep keeping on um, the momentum of trying to make some change um, for the people, for the community itself. Uh, whether people agree that you're doing that or not, um, I, I do believe you are, and and I, I hope that other people think that will at least listen to what you're trying to do. Um, and like you said, you're open to you know changes or modifications to it. You're Absolutely. not completely shutting out. Like, no, this has to be this way. Or, you know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> so I think that's the most important thing. Is a lot of times with with, with politicians when they bringing in certain bills, it's, oh, well, you have to have it this way because I'm right. You know, like, we should be open to what, we, what we're putting out because we're not all right. <laughs> right. And is it not better sometimes? I don't know. I, I will say there are some things I will not compromise on on my values, right. but mm-hmm. I do think there are certain cases where it's better to get something passed that works for everybody than to get nothing passed at all. Yeah. Like, when you're looking yeah. at legislators, like, Really? That one sentence that you tanked it for that one sentence, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Well, thank you. Uh, you already said your, your social media stuff. So um, uh, are you excited for, for Christmas? Are you gonna... <laughs> I am because um, I need a little bit of a break, y'all. But uh, yes, I'm going to go home. Our whole family is going to be together. Um, we're in the southern mountains of uh new mexico so hopefully oh, there's nice. some slow snow uh slow, <laughs> so snow. slow. okay more coffee y'all more um but yeah so yeah. um that'll be really nice but also it will energize me to come back and, and hit this hard we're so close to hitting our our goal really? and um you know it's it's just gonna be exciting to get on the ballot but then comes the yeah. work after the ballot and a little recharge <laughs> is yeah. helpful and um Block walking is not easy. So I will tell you, it's not easy. Um, it's, it takes a lot of work. Uh, you need people to block walk. So I'm pretty sure you'll, you want volunteers to come and help. Um, so reach out, especially right now. It's not hot. You're not going to pass out <laughs> from the heat. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, yeah, there's a, some rain and stuff, but eh, it's fine. It's it'll it'll be all right, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and some of the events are actual like holiday markets and stuff like that, so you can like hang out. Yesterday, I was at a Funko Pop swap, which I collect so many Ooh. Funko Pops. So 
they were on sale at GameStop. Yeah. I saw. Yeah. They were like seventy five percent off or something like that. Oh really? Yeah. Like you're not helping my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> they had like these big ones for like twelve dollars. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's probably gone though. It's probably already gone. Right, right, so, right. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Um, what's your favorite pop? pop oh. oh, I just got Did one. I say, what's your favorite pop? Is it pop, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm thinking I said pop go. Um, so one, I have the whole NSYNC crew, which I was crazy about NSYNC when I was little. Which one? Uh, well, of course, Justin Timberlake okay, okay, was my yeah. favorite, but I, I have all of them. And then I just got one yesterday that I was looking for for a while that's um from star wars episode four which is really the first star wars mm. that was it's han solo with greedo at the cantina table and so uh, it's a movie scene and you can see his little blaster <laughs> under the table and it's funny because it's just like these big eyes and these big heads with these little bodies but i've been looking for two years and i found it yesterday oh that's awesome so who do you think shot first excuse me who do you who do you think shot first oh han han all the way <laughs> He knew what was up. He knew. He knew what he was doing. I know. Me and my wife were always like, I'm like, I love you. And she's like, I know. <laughs> I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. All right. Well, Nanda, thank you for coming. Um, thank you guys for joining. And w- whenever you do watch this later as well, go reach, reach out and sign, sign the initiative if you want to sign it. Um, ask some questions. Go to your event on December 8th. 18th bruno's dive bar bruno's 4 to 7 p.m 7 p.m um don't be shy just say hey i saw you i know who you are yeah <laughs> let me buy you a drink no? <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no get, reach out volunteer if you want to volunteer um and just spread the message if you want to spread the message again i'm not going to tell you what to do just <laughs> spread it if you want to spread it um ask questions just to get a little bit more idea because this election is going to come up again I'm sorry, election season is going to come back around really soon. So I'm pretty sure you're going to have people block walking for city council. Um, I already see some ads right now from from Jalen and I can't remember what else. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) they do start early, but some of these candidates are on it. Right, right. So just reach out, and uh, you guys have an awesome day. Thank you for joining, and thank you to Wild Barley as well uh, for for letting us be here. And uh, for giving these awesome drinks as well. So thank you guys. Appreciate it. Thank you.